Rusty Coons, Kevin Seinfeld from, from Attica, Attica 7, Seven for Iron City Rocks. Metal. Hey, we're the Butcher Babies and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Yeah. This is Jill Janice of Huntress and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, what's up? This is Evan. This is Mario. And we're from Thrown into Exile. And you're listening to Iron City Rocks. I'm Ricky. I'm Ryan. And I'm Balls. And you're listening to Iron City Rocks. All right, Pittsburgh! You are the best! You got the best! Hello and welcome to episode 208 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I am your host, Aaron, and I am here with... Sean. Hey, so this is probably the first time you've heard the two of us together, not on my show, Signal to Noise. I think it's the first time we've ever hosted Iron City Rocks together, right, Sean? That's the first time I think I've ever actually been uh, on as a host, period. (laughs) Wow. Well, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Because I know you've done a lot of interviews for the show. Yeah, I've done some interviews and take some pictures, but I think it's the first time I've actually actually participated. Well, what a great way to kick it off, because we're here to talk to you about the Mayhem episode. So, a couple episodes ago, John put together a pregame episode to kind of get everybody ready for Mayhem. Sean and I went to Mayhem, had a heck of a good time, and um, now we're here to do the wrap-up. So, Sean, what were some highlights of the show for you? Well, I mean, all in all, I think it was a it was a great day. I think you know it was a really strong lineup. Um, you know, Machine Head as always kicks ass. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I was really looking forward to seeing Battlecross, and they did not disappoint. And you know, I think they're a band that's going to go pretty far, and they just have this really great attitude. I mean, they're all about the fans and hanging out with the fans and. They, you know, their set was kick-ass. Um, you know, I was, I've been on a big online on Marth kick, and I'm really glad to have seen them. Um, but yeah, those, I think those three were my my favorites of the night. Yeah, day, and, by the way. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, depending on when we started. Um, so Amada Marth, I had no idea about the Viking ship. Yeah, I had never seen that before either. So I mean, it was my first time seeing them. And, uh, I was, you know, I, I, I love their new album. I think it's great, and uh, it's, uh, you know, I thought it was, you know, it, it fit. You know, their songs are about Vikings, and they do a lot of that, you know, mythology and folklore and stuff. So I think it fits. You know, it definitely fits. I really dug it. Like I think they had the best. That, Amon and Marth probably had the best stage design, stage setup, other than Rob Zombie. Yeah, I mean, Five Finger Death Punch's stage. They had their lighting was really cool, and I thought you know they had an interesting stage to look at. Their lights really impressed me, and, and you know, the lighting design and the whole overall of the show. Um, you know, but again, you know, the big the guys on the big stage they can go a little more all out, you know, than all the bands on the second stages. Absolutely, absolutely. So, second stages for me, um, one of the big highlights was Huntress. 
Um, you know, you and I talked about Huntress before the show. I was absolutely enamored, so to speak, with Jill Janis, um, mostly as just a musician and an artist because she's just she's worked so hard to be where she's at. And as everyone will hear in the interview we have with Huntress here coming up, um, she you know she, she understands you know what she has is kind of like like a gift, and she really protects it, and she works to keep it and keep it strong, and just. Just completely just impressed me start to finish with just how professional she was just sitting down to talk to her and how she handles her voice and how she writes her music just man that i really 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 dug huntress they put on a killer set yeah i, I missed uh, a lot of their set i caught the tail end of it um but uh, they were you know it's definitely you know had some theatrics going on and seemed like it was pretty cool and you know they're they seem like they're going to be taken off too because they you know they're touring with glenn danzig and they just recently announced that they're touring with you know lamb of god and testament kill switch and gauge so they're going to be busy for the rest of the year yeah we're going to see some big things from those guys so who else on the secondary stage has caught your attention this year um you know children of bodom i had never seen them before and and you know, I keep hearing about them. I actually never really even listened to them much before uh, this uh, Mayhem Festival. I actually picked up a couple of their CDs, you know, a few weeks ago, and uh, I really dug them. Uh, Attica 7, I think, you know, you got Evan Seinfeld and Rusty Coons. Evan Seinfeld, formerly a Biohazard, and Rusty Coons from uh, Sons of Anarchy. And uh, they, they had a pretty powerful side. It was, you know, very, you know down-to-earth, heavy metal, kind of in the veins of, like, Pantera and whatnot. So I think, you know, they, they, they those guys were really tight, too. I mean, all in all, I think every band did, did well oh, yeah. and, and brought something to the show. Um, but, you know, for me, those were the ones that really stood out. Dude, Attica 7, Evan and Rusty were so much fun to talk to. As, um, as everyone will hear in the interview... Um, Rusty sat down, and I knew he was Rusty, but I am very, very gullible. You guys are going to find out. Um, I, it's like at work, it's everybody's favorite um, game to kind of, you know, string me along with stuff because I will just believe whatever somebody tells me because I fear, well, why would they lie to me? I'm so very, very gullible, very trusting. So Rusty sits down. I say, Rusty, I'm so glad to meet you. He's like, I'm not Rusty. I'm Evan. I'm like, look at him going, now, wait a second. <laughs> I'm pretty sure... Evan's a little, you know, slightly different stature, but I'm like, well, I do remember having long hair. So then Evan comes over, and I'm like, okay, that's the guy I remember from Biohazard and from the Supergroup show and, you know, all the other stuff we've seen Evan on. I mean, Evan, man, he's had quite a varied career, you know, not just in music, but he's done film and TV, so. And I start the interview, I'm like, oh, you know, and so I'm here with Evan and Rusty. He goes, oh, what, so I'm Rusty now? I'm like, come on. I'm like, Rusty, you quit messing with me. He's like, do you actually do your homework? I'm like, yes, I did. You know, <laughs> but I mean, it was just so much fun to talk to those guys. I mean, Evan had so much history with the hardcore scene, um, and then just just Rusty with everything that he's been through. Just a couple of great guys. That that was by far probably probably one of my favorite interviews to sit down and do. Great way to cap off, you know, all the interviews that I did for the day. They're right. really really great. Just great guys to talk to. Good band. Yeah, that's that's one thing I like about you know the Mayhem Festival. A lot of the bands are really just down to earth and and you know up and coming and you know getting a chance to play with some artists who have been around and seen forever i think it's a great opportunity for a lot of young bands i agree and you know what else was nice like every band i talked to 
um, no matter what their their status was, whether they're like a real young unknown band or whether they're a more uh, established band, everybody said the same thing, and that was how well the Mayhem tour took care of them as artists. Right. Yeah, and that really impresses me. You know, to, to hear that from every single band you talk to, I'm like, wow. And um, I think it was John for a Cowboy, Johnny. This was like their second time on Mayhem. He's like, man, last time they took great care of us. This time they're taking great care of us. He's like, this is a great tour to be on. Yeah, I think it's one of the you know the premier tours of the summer, and you know Rockstar Energy Drink they do a great job putting it together. Yeah, and I have to agree with you because I'll, I'll I'll be honest, I was skeptical at first. I'm not an energy drink fan to begin with, um, and so I'm always skeptical when you see these these highly publicized tours. And man, these guys put together a great show. It's a great day start to finish. Um, they they plan out great things for the fans. You know, and, I, and I'll tell you this, like, um, I want to send out public thanks to Kylie. Um, the, uh, she, she was working press for the show, for the tour and was kind of keeping everything coordinated. I, I tell you what, she did such a great job of keeping everything running smoothly, keeping us in the loop on everything. Right. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, I thought, uh, you know, the whole day went really smooth. You know, it rained for a while, but you know what? You're gonna have it. And it wasn't really an annoying type of rain, so it uh, it was a good time. Yes, it was, and it was also a great time for us to check out the Jaeger tent. <laughs> Ten dollars a shot's kind of expensive, but you know. It it was, but you know what? Since we haven't seen, well, you, me, and Mark probably haven't all been in the same place since your wedding. Right, right, right. You know, I'm like, so it was it was fun. It was a great time. Um, next year, if there's a Jaeger booth and a guitar competition, I'm going to completely goad you into doing that competition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> next year. Hey, you know what? That's the way to be. I, you know, I stepped up, man. I wasn't afraid to suck in front of people. All I wanted was the Jaegermeister pick that said Huntress on the other side, which I'm holding right now. <laughs> well, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good, good time, good, you know, and... Uh, I think every band did a great job and looking uh, looking forward to seeing what they can come up with next and hoping that these bands that were on the set, we get to see them again soon. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And one other band I wanted to call out um, was the band Thrown Into Exile. So I the, missed the, them. Oh, dude, and you missed a killer set. So these guys, you know, they, they reached out to us, you know, Literally the day before Mayhem, said, "Hey, um, you know, we hear you're doing interviews. You know, would you have time to, do, you know, would you want to do an interview?" I'm like, "Absolutely. You know, we'll talk to everybody on the, on the show." So we set up the time, and I was lucky enough to get there probably for the last couple songs of their set. Um, and I, I really do want to thank the security and everybody at Mayhem as well because I got to say they were top notch and really understood the difference between fun and violence. Right. I really, really just got to just say my hat's off to those guys. And so they actually let me in the photo pit for like the end of the set. Because I got there towards the end of the set and I got some great pictures of Throne Exile, which are on the Iron City Rock site now. But um, those guys like really impressed me. I'm like, wow, who are these guys? I mean, they're playing, they're, they're kicking off the show. They're the very first band. You don't have a ton of people there yet. And they're playing like they're playing to 10,000 people. You know? So I'm, I'm going around the booths afterwards as I'm checking other things out, and I go to the, um, the Musicians Institute booth, which happened to be the stage that um, Throne in Exile was playing on. And 
well, there's one of the guitar players, Mario. And so we're talking. He introduced himself, and I introduced myself. Said, "Hey, I said we actually have an interview set up later." I said, oh, that's great. And so as we're talking, I found out that he actually was a music- musicians' institute alumni. And so in the interview, we talk about it. And one of the things I mentioned, I'm like, so do they teach you showmanship? He's like, absolutely. I said, well, great, because it comes across. You know, I, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to um, a show, seen like a new band that's gotten like you know just recently signed. And you can just tell they're stiff or they're nervous. Right. And you think these guys have been playing together for like 30 years. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely, uh, like I said, I miss them. Got to see pretty much every other band. But, you know, it, uh, I heard a lot of good things about them. Yeah, they really, really impressed me, man. They were really a good time. And I say welcome to the show. All right, guys, I'm here live at the Mayhem Fest with the Butcher Babies. I've got Chris and Carla. How are you guys doing? How are you? We're good. How are you today? Good, 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 man. So, killer set today. Thank you. Killer set today. Yeah, I tell you what. Like, um, I first discovered you guys, I think I told told you already, on Radioactive Metal, and before you guys were signed to um, Century. So, tell us kind of how that happened, because you guys were a really strong, independent act. Yeah, we were. And that's why we didn't sign for so long because we did so much on our own and we were pretty proud of um, you know coming from nothing and, and uh, really getting a, a worldwide fan base on our own but I think that there comes a time when you need someone to push you to the next level and uh, we thought that Central Media could do that for us you know they kind of courted us for a year and we kept our eyes on each other for about a year yeah. and they waited until we were ready and we waited until they were ready and uh, it's the perfect union now we're having a great time with them excellent excellent so um, why two front women? Why not? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Heidi and I uh, were best friends. We were in another band together. We were in a punk cover band together. We loved working together. We wanted to be in a project that was more um, metal. Okay. And, um, you know, there's something very unique about uh, what we do. It's never been done before in metal. And, uh, like I said, one thing that we always say is that we wanted to see the world with our best friend and be on stage with our best friend. And, and it's, it's awesome. And we have such different stage personalities and we have different, you know, voices. So it, it works together very well. Yeah, and it really does because, I mean, you guys, you don't see two front people in any band anymore, let alone two front women. And then two people who work together really well, like you guys really trade off. You don't step on each other's toes. It's not just for show. Like you guys no. really work it and build it in. So what's the writing process like to make that happen? Well, we all write um, together. Um, for the vocals, um, you know, Heidi and I have been writing together for so long that we kind of finished finish their sentences now. Okay. Uh, we were raised differently, but at the same time, we have also are kind of the same person deep down inside. So, like I said, it, we, we've uh, our style is, um, I don't know, we've just kind of, except we can finish other sentences. It's perfect. Killer, killer. Now, Chris, yes. you're back there beating the crap out of those drums today. Right. So... Where, where's your drumming background come from? So I'm, all, I'm always curious about metal drummers because I mean it's it's half stamina, right? You know? well, well, you know a lot of it was um, growing up and seeing you know first show and like I I Sepultura Chaos AD you know comes to Killer mind album. here. Yep, and I got that and I didn't really know exactly how he was making. Uh, I thought it was the snare at the time go so fast. I'm like wow, and he's doing all this other stuff. Well, come to find out that it was. I went to go to my first show and there was a double bass pedal that I saw. I'm like, what is that contraption going on? Yeah. And so, um, and then I finally figured out. I listened to CD. I'm like, that's what it is. So I went and went out and bought a double bass pedal. 
Um, you know, so big, big time Sepultura fan. You know, they're definitely the ones that got me into the metal part of drumming. Killer. You know, so that's kind of you know my background. Is I've got a lot of favorite drummers and stuff like that. But that's how I kind of got into the type of double bass. So. so, do you do anything special to warm up or to keep yourself in shape? Because I mean, you know. I don't think drummers get near enough respect in the, in the metal community because if the drummer sucks, the band sucks. Quite honestly, you know. And so you've got a lot riding on your shoulders, but at the same time, nobody really takes enough notice, in my opinion. I'm a bass player, so I love drummers, so that's why I notice those things. Right. So what do you what do you do to keep yourself ready for a show, man? I mean, that's a lot of stamina. You know, up, you know, on this tour, you know, being so hot, I definitely drink tons and tons of water. I have my, um, you know, my my stretching that I do before I get up on stage, uh, push-ups, you know, jumping jacks, get my my heart like going you know the same that it's gonna be going on Good. stage just so I'm already ready you know so I'm doing a lot of stretching before the show push-ups and just working out that's killer so almost cardio to get yourself right like, like a runner yep that's killer so like what kind of what kind of drums are you playing I honestly didn't catch that the kind of the drum set yeah I, uh, I play uh, Gretsch new classic nice so nice. yep Gretsch kit so, so it's are we talking maple or birch shells it's all maple okay yep. very very cool so that's nice it explains the snap I hear that right okay yep so, Very cool. Yeah, it's, I love them. I've had them for about, uh, what, three and a half years now, and it's my favorite kit I've ever nice, had. Nice, nice. And you're probably the first metal drummer I met who plays Gretsch, because that's right. typically like a jazz kind right. of thing. Yeah. What, what drew you to that sound? Uh, just, you know, when I was going to pick out a new kit kind of a thing back in the day, um, I had gone to different, you know, retailers and stores and was hearing different kinds of drums. I kept going back to this one drum shop that had the kit that I had, and I kept listening to that and then going back to other stores, and I kept just was drawn to that drum kit and I was just like you know what I'm spending so much gas driving you know all around I'm like I may as well just get this this is the one I keep coming back to this one and that's the reason why I got it and that's what you've been playing yep that's killer that's killer so, yep. all right so what's next for the butcher babies you have the full length out now on Century Media Goliath right so what's next after after Goliath like, like what's going on we've got a couple shows um, booked we are doing the what was the it's Aftershock, Aftershock. Yep. Okay. festival and that's up in uh, Sacramento and that's in September September, uh, we play the 14th. Uh, it's a festival. It's like uh, we play with Corn, Megadeth, Testament. You know, there's a long, li long line of great bands on that. We're also doing Rob Zombie's Great American Nightmare on October 26th. We get to play. Uh, if you haven't heard about it, it's pretty cool. It's uh, Rob Zombie's a horror park, um, and we play with Emotionless and White that night, which will be a lot of fun. And nice. Um, we'll be out on tour in the fall, winter, um, supporting our album, and uh, can't talk about that right now. That's all right. Big tour. Cool, cool, cool. So we'll have to look forward to that. Yeah. Look forward to that. Um, oh man, I just had a question and I totally left my left me here. Um, I don't know. You guys tossed something out. I totally lost my train of thought. Uh, it's all good. No, we're just what excited. What else do you want to know? You know, like uh, we're. The album came out two days ago, uh, on the or three days ago on the it's night. It's doing really well. Already, right. they didn't expect it to do so well. So we're really, we're really proud of it. We recorded with Josh Wilbur, who did um, Gojira, Lamb of God. He really pushed all of us to be the best that we could be for this album, and we all left learning something new. And uh, it's just stellar writing and musicianship on this album. I think that we're all really proud of it. Yep. And it sounds killer because like, a buddy of mine, you know, I told, told him I was going to interview the Butcher Babies. He's like, that's that gimmick band with the two girls. I'm like, it's not a gimmick. I'm like, you need to check this album out. So I let him listen to this. Holy crap. Yeah. Like, like, you guys really, I mean, you're real musicians, you know, and I, I think that gets lost sometimes in, in, in the message out there. I mean, and just the, the set that you guys put on today, the energy that you put into it, just you drove the audience crazy. It was fun to watch the audience just get so into that show today. 
It was it was great, especially from where I'm sitting, get, being able to see the whole thing. Today was definitely Pittsburgh or uh, Pennsylvania. Here they just tore it up, and today I just felt that crowd was just waiting for it. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Killer. Yep. It was great. All right. Well, hey guys, I don't want to take up much more of your time. Thank you so much for being here today. Appreciate it. Right on. Thanks so much. All right. So I'm here with Johnny of Job for a Cowboy. How are you doing today, man? Doing good, Aaron. How are you? Good, good, good. So um, you guys are on the Mayhem Fest, mm -hmm. and that's what we're here to see. So how's the tour been going so far? Uh, it's awesome. Uh, we actually did the tour in 2009, and uh, honestly, I'm not trying to <laughs> stroke the tour's ego, but they treat all the bands amazingly. And you know, we got the offer to do it again. Of course, we just had to jump on it. It's, yeah. it's too much fun, and just you know, you get treated way too well not to do it. I see that's good to hear because a lot of times you hear about bands that, like you know, kind of get in the shaft certain venues and stuff. So it's yeah. really nice to hear these guys take care of them. Yeah, I mean, you hear a lot of horror stories like from Ozfest back in the day, yeah. and uh, you know, I think. Judging from all the stories I've heard and some of my friends who've done those type of tours, it's just the complete polar opposite. Yeah, so and you know awesome. it's nice. Like as a fan, it's a great show. Mm -hmm. So I mean, there's such a such a nice selection of bands. I mean, older older bands, newer bands, you know. And so it's, it's really great to come out and see all this stuff. Yeah. Now you've been with John for Cowboy since the beginning. So yes. You're one of the final founding members, so to speak. Yep. So how did how did the band come about? How'd you put it together? What happened? Uh, just the, you know, I guess old stereotypical story of a bunch of kids in school playing in their parents' garages and basements and uh, somehow it snowballed one way or another. Um, I started touring the United States and all over the world and uh, it's just very odd and strange but, uh, and in retrospect if I take a couple steps back it's just mind-boggling to see that it actually happened. You know, it's been almost 10 years since I've been doing this now, and it's almost scary to think about where all this time has gone, but uh, it's been a blast. So how did, how, or I guess, how has Job for a Cowboy evolved over the years? Because I, like, I, I was reading where there are all kinds of different categories for your style. Yes. And I think now it's being called straight up death. And when I when I listen to it, like I might call it grindcore, but I'm the worst person for that. Yes. So tell me how you guys have evolved sound-wise. Um, I think we, you know, the easiest way to describe it, we just evolved with the age. I mean, I started the band about 15, 16 years old. Yeah. It's been, you know, about 10 years now. Obviously, musical interests change as you get older or even just in general. But uh, I think our main thing for us is a lot of bands get comfortable, uh, find the safety net where they kind of put out the same material over and over, you know? And it's fine. A lot of bands do it, but I think with us, we avoid that a lot. And we're the type of guys who like to try new things and keep challenging ourselves. And I think doing that keeps us interested and lights a fire under our ass to keep doing what we do. And, and that comes across in the material, too. Because, I mean, as a fan, going out and checking out your videos, your music and things, it's nice to hear, like, an energy, you know you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. you know, I, th I think we've, you know, we've probably both been listening to music long enough. You can kind of tell when an album sounds flat. Yes. First, like, okay, I'm going through the motion. And you guys, like, there's this intensity that comes through in the recorded version. And typically that's easy to do live or easier to do live, we'll yes. say, but not in a recording. Yeah. So, so how do you keep it fresh in the studio? Uh, I think we have a lot of fun in the studio. Um, you know, we honestly don't play with each other a lot outside of, you know, playing live. Um, all the guys live in Seattle, Denver, Boston. I live in Phoenix. So, uh, like, even before this tour, we didn't practice at all. We just wow. flew out, rolled the dice, and it kind of works out in our favor. We kind of have that punk rock attitude uh, towards the band. And uh, I think we just bring that attitude in the studio. You know, we, we experiment, we try new things, and um, it just, 
we just try not to fall in a routine. That's that's kind of our motto with the band. It's killer. It's killer. So, um, what can fans expect to see in the uh, live sets here in the Mayhem Fest? Um, you know, we're gonna ex show off that punk rock attitude on stage. Um, I think we're gonna play a little bit of everything for the old fans and newer fans and. I don't know. We just like to have fun with everyone in the crowd. Cool. So I guess one last question. We'll wrap, we'll wrap things up here for you. So, like, what influenced your vocal style? Because you, 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 you really encompass a lot of different things. And I'm kind of curious, like how, like what drove you towards some of those guttural growls and yes. then get some of the high screams? If you know where I'm going with this. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I just. Um, you know, even with the vocals, I've tried to, you know, change a little bit over the years. But uh, I, uh, I just like to challenge myself. I like to do as low as I can go, as high as I can go, as fast as I can go. I'm just always just yeah. as extreme as possible, I guess, as uh, lame as that sounds. Uh, not at all, not at all. And it's kind of kind of nice to hear an artist who's still trying to grow, you know? Because like you said, people get comfortable, and that's what kills the music industry in general, yeah. you know? The labels got very comfortable with the model they have, and now nobody's still figuring out what to do. Yeah, it's, it's kind of falling apart at a very rapid rate. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, a lot of those record labels, especially that industry, are extremely stubborn. You know, they found their uh, foundation of ways and they need to change it very fast otherwise you know I mean you see so many bands now just kind of making their own albums with their own money and not needing their record label for support anymore yeah just uh, I just feel like they need to really hurry up and figure something else out yeah it's a whole different playing field now yeah you know all right, well, hey, uh, thank you so much for doing the interview. Hey, guys, I am here at the Mayhem Fest with Throne Exile. I've got Evan and Mario. How are you guys doing, man? Doing great, man. Good, good. Good. How you doing? Good, good. So you guys kicked off the show today, right? Yes, killer set, killer set. So, um, you know, for our listeners who are not familiar with your band, give us a little background. Um, the band started back in 2011 by myself and my guitar player, Colin Reed. Um, at the time, we had a very different lineup, and Evan came into the photo six, six months later. It, I mean, I never forget, like it was just yesterday, you know, when I saw him walk into the studio, and I was I had to look up, and he's a big fucking dude, you know? <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, this is a guy. And, you know, we started playing shows together. His first show with us was when opening for Chimera and Revocation yeah. and Pending Doom. Yeah. Key Club and Hell. And ever since, you know, we've been going at these shows nonstop. Um, as far as the band, like, our style is very, you know, very straightforward, in your face, aggressive. Enough. Yeah, well, see, you guys are very intense, but you're also very melodic. Like, there's a lot of melody going on, very intense. I think and it's I, very important in what we try to, we're trying to convey, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, and you, Evan, you are imposing. You Thanks. are like this this dark figure of just power <laughs> over Thanks, the stage. Man. Well, the music is empowering. You know, it really is. Cool. So, so like, what's what's your writing process been like? How did you guys come together to start penning what you guys do? Writing process, it varies. I mean, you know, we all come from very different backgrounds, so it's one of those things, like, it's a collaboration of a lot of, you know, genres of metal that we are influenced by. Yeah. You know, usually it could be I come in with one riff or Colin will come in with one riff. Chase has a drum pad idea or our new bass player Eric has an idea or Evan has a lyrical idea or theme, and then we can start patterning it, outlining it, like, how would that sound to go towards that style? Cool, you know, cool. Um, and again, as far as the writing process, I mean, I mean his influences are a couple, you know, Soil Work, Kill Switch Engage, 
Yeah, I mean, big influences were definitely Kill Switch and Soil working in Flames and stuff like that. You know, I just love their presence and, you know, how they went about the delivery of their vocals. So, yeah. you know, they'll throw together the music, they'll put it down, they'll record it, they'll send it my way. You know, I'll sit there for, for a few nights and just kind of listen to it and, you know, basically just kind of convey whatever, you know, thoughts really are going through my mind. Cool. You know, whether it be my own, for my own experiences or taking myself out of my own shoes and, you know, capturing maybe something that's in the, you know, current in the world today, you know. Cool, cool. Now, do you guys have an album now? Because I was trying to find some stuff EP. I found on collections. You have an EP. Okay. Where can we find that? Because I'll tell you, I've been looking around and it wasn't exactly well, we have physical copies with us. I made them. All right. So, so I'll be looking so we have well, actually, I, I got actually, that. Actually, huge shout that. out and thank you for getting one today, Eric. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, That's sure. Thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I picked that up. So where can the rest of our fans get it? iTunes. Okay. Uh, Amazon as well. It's also on Spotify. Pure, oh, good. I'll check Spotify. I'm yeah. digging that. Have you guys YouTube, been using YouTube that much? Yeah, Spotify's cool. I have a membership. I love it. Yeah. I'm See, I've been thinking about subscribing because it's, I love albums on demand. It's killer. The, the beauty about it actually is the fact I mean, you know, we have an iPhone, you can only dump so much music in it. Yes. But, you know, at $10 a month, you have access to all this music, yep. and at the same time, the artists are getting paid for it. And it's a good cause. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, exactly. It works out. So, you are actually a Musicians Institute alumni. We talked about that earlier today. Correct. So, tell, tell us a little bit about like your background is like what drove you, guitar player, Musicians Institute, and then metal. Because you said, you know, you told me that there's more metal coming through the institute so how's that kind of evolved I guess I mean, uh, it's I mean the school has always been very strong on metal it's okay. just, you know it's just the type of crowd that it's been attracting you know when I I started at MI it was in 2008 fresh out of high school 17 years old but I took the music business program because um, I wanted to know more about the industry and my goal as a kid was like if I could be the guy on stage why not be the guy behind the stage and try and have a longer career and the guy who played that influence on me was a mentor and a good friend of mine since I was a kid off Blasco who plays bass for Ozzy Osbourne yeah, yeah. and then you know my counselor at the school was Dino Cazares a Fear Factory's wife Jen and Dino was my, my you know my yeah. my mentor as well so I got very blessed and grew by these musicians and at, you know, at school at school it's teaching me from everything is like how to get an endorsement, how to book a tour, how royalty works, how sync licensing works, like all the stuff that you need to know what goes on behind the stage yeah. rather than just performing. So I'm curious, do they talk about like actual showmanship as well? Yes. Because one of the things I noticed about your band in general is, you know, you're, you're, you're the opening of your band. You kick off the Mayhem Fest, but you hit it like you're the main stage. And you don't see that in a lot of opening sets nowadays. So what, like, what's been your approach to develop that stage show or just keep that energy going? Every time we do it, you know, I mean, not just on this tour, but every, every show we've played since... 2011, you know, we just try to cut the tech it as hard as we can in the short amount of time that we're up there right now. You know? Killer. Mean, it's to the point even at, you know, when we're rehearsing, we are throwing down a rehearsal spot as well. I mean, you know, we want to make yeah. sure every show we play gets more intense and more, in, I mean, the way we look is like, we have you for 20 minutes, we're going to grab you by the fucking throat for those 20 minutes. Yeah. Excellent. We're going to capture your attention for the amount of time that we're up there, or at least we're going to give it our, our best to do that. Killer, killer. Now, so um, we have the EP. Do you guys have plans for a full length? Is yeah. that going to come out soon? Yeah, or? we're actually recording with the same guy who produced the EP, Michael Spritzer of Devil Driver. Okay. Uh, he, did such, he did a really great job in the EP, so we just wanted to bring it back and give the chance to do the full length. And uh, we put seven songs in, three of which kind of finished up yeah. before we came out on this. And uh, we're shopping it right now, and hopefully we can come off of this uh, tour with a label announcement, you know, find our home. Um, 
you know, we've done every, everything we've done with that. We've, we've done with no booking agency and no label. So I think it's time to see what we can do with that. And sure. Fall may help up with the fall tour and then an early, early release next year of the album. Nice. So which tour is next? What's that? What, what tour is next? You said. What's uh, what state's next? Or, or no, you say it was a fall tour. Like, you say uh, fall tour? Yeah, we're gonna we're, we're looking to have a fall tour. Like, okay. We, we gotta follow follow Mayo up with a really kick-ass fall tour. Cool. So we're working on that. As well. All right, good. So any plans to come back through Pittsburgh? Because I know I'd like to see you guys again. Most definitely. Yeah, this All is right. our first Absolutely. tour as a band. So. Yeah, I mean this is my first time out of California ever. Killer, <laughs> killer. Well, what a way to see it, right? Right. Exactly. Right? I've been hearing like great things about how the Mayhem Fest takes care of everybody on the tour. Staff is great. Oh my god. Staff is amazing. Yeah. Catering's amazing. Um, you know, John Reese, the founder, is just really, really super nice dude, and he's cool. taking a real liking to us, so it's like, you couldn't ask for anything more, you know, it's just, he really believes in what we're doing. Yeah, everyone in this tour has been such a blessing, they treat you like they're one, you're one of theirs, you know? Yeah. They take care of you, they will help you, they will figure out a solution to make you happy. That's like, excellent. They make sure everyone's happy. And that, and that goes for all the bands too. All the yeah. other bands on this tour, they, they've been touring the world for years. Yeah. You know, this is our first tour as a band, and they're all signing stuff, put out mad records. For them to accept us and really kind of give us, like, you know, they're blessed at being like, dude, you, you, know, you guys fucking kicked ass. That's awesome. You know, coming up and watching our sets from the side stage. So, that is excellent. Excellent so it's really stuff. Cool. Really cool. cool. All right. Well, guys, hey, I don't want to save too much more of your time. Uh, thank you for doing this interview. For sure. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Sir. All right. Hey, what's up, guys? Sean here. We're at the Mayhem Festival, and with me got uh, Motionless and White. How you guys doing today? Great. Um, real quick, there's three of you here. You guys introduced yourselves, so we know who we're talking to. Or... Uh, I'm Balls. I play keys for Motionless and White. What's up? I'm Ryan. I play guitar. I'm Ricky, and I also play guitar. Cool. How's the uh, How's the uh, tour been going? It's awesome. Best tour we've ever done. Really? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Super organized. Great. <laughs> Uh, what are the highlights? Some of the highlights been for you so far? Uh, Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie. Yeah. Rob Zombie. Yeah, Rob Zombie. <laughs> um, let's talk about uh, you had the your album Infamous. Uh, you recently re-released it. Deluxe. With the deluxe version. Um, can you talk a little bit about what brought about the re-release and you know some of the remixes and whatnot? Go ahead, Rick. Well. Uh, we decided to do it because when we originally recorded Infamous, we weren't terribly excited with how it sounded as right. far as quality-wise, and there was certain things that you couldn't hear that weren't supposed to be there, and uh, so we just re-recorded everything, redid everything, and now it's more, you know, full, and you can hear everything, all the leads, and um, metal. Yeah, and we also added remixes and. Uh, two brand new tracks on it. So, um, you talking about how you guys did the remix? What brought about the remixes? Or um, I think remixes are pretty common for us for some reason. Right. We just yeah we we do them all. Yeah. We get them done quite a bit. Yeah. We have probably about ten out. Right. Yeah. Something Rick's, like that. He, Rick's done one of them on the the deluxe. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty good. Cool. I don't know what it, which one is it. Underdog. <laughs> yeah. Underdog. What are they called now? Under Under Frog. Um. You guys recently did a video for the song America too. Can you talk about the shooting of that? Watching that video kind of got, gave me like a kind of a Marilyn Manson type vibe. To it. Is that something you guys were going for? Is he one of your influences or? We just wanted the evil vibe. Yeah. <laughs> Creepy weirdos. We're just uh, a bunch of weirdos. Chris, our singer Chris had the idea for the concept of it, and he worked with uh, Sean from Slipknot on the whole idea of it. And he's the one that really kind of like brought it to life. Um, Kind of gave it the it's look. It's definitely everything we wanted. I mean, it came out like right. unreal. unreal. Yeah. He's so got a crazy mind. Guy's out of his mind. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. Um, 
What do you guys got next uh, after Mayhem Festival? We go to South America for two weeks, and then we go to uh, Europe for a couple weeks for a headliner. Headlining from Europe? Yeah. Um, that's one of the things like with the festivals. Do you guys like doing the festivals better, or do you like doing the, uh, the uh, headlining shows? I mean, there's drawbacks to both, obviously. Yeah. There's advantages to both. Um, I personally like, like, I don't know, there's, there's a different dynamic to both right. that I like. Because with the festivals, you get more exposure to people that haven't you know, necessarily heard your band. And then with uh, club shows, it's more up close and personal, right. and you get that whole vibe from it. So there's there's good and bad things to both. Yeah. It's definitely it's definitely a toss up because I love fa I, this festival is great because you don't conflict with any bands. Right. Like, but like a warp tour, you're playing against the band. So if like it's if it's if it's a festival like that, it's hard because you have to compete. Right. But a festival like this is. It's like being on tour because it's band, band, band one right after band, another band, and it just makes sense. Like every festival should be like this festival. Right. Yeah, it's a, it's a about a hundred bands playing at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> it's terrible. You have to compete with this band, compete with this band. It's like who's this, 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 and it's, it's a pain in the ass. Um, so this is the biggest festival you guys have done, or you guys did Soundwave? Soundwave, and we did uh, download, download, which download. was like a hundred thousand people. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. A ton of people. I mean, this is definitely one of the one of the biggest. It's definitely cool. 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 All right, well, that's all I got. I want to wish you guys luck for the rest of the tour, and uh, looking forward to seeing your set today. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Oh, yeah. Cool. See you then. Hey guys, I am here with Iron City Rocks, um, and Evan Rusty live at the. Um, oh, him, Evan. Though? He's heaven, right? Stop messing with me. <laughs> Cut that out. Did you All do right. homework or something? I did do my homework. Uh, oh, plus I've been following Evan on Supergroup. So we'll just we'll just get into this thing. So we're live at Mayhem. Evan and Rusty are messing with me, and it's a great time. Um, so guys, great set today. How's it, how's it going? Did you watch it? I got to see the last five minutes. I was running between uh, interviews. I missed the show show about like an hour. It was a good. It was show. good. Hey, it was killer. Like I, I saw bikes. I saw the um, the, the Dean Razorback. Yeah, 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 I love that. Uh, me too. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Dean's. Big fan of Dean's, man. It's it's been awesome, man. You know, we feel really grateful to be here. You know, we're uh, we're guys who are you know in the in the midst of building something from from the ground up. Yeah. You know, guy, we're, we're all, everyone in the band is experienced in music and something. We're all, we're all very resourceful people, and I think, you know, music's our, our higher power, our salvation for all of us in our own way. And, uh, you know, it was, I think it was a, a big deal when me and Rusty got together and we started this kind of from scratch together. You know, Rusty had a, a great body of music that he'd written in prison. And, uh, we got we put our heads together and you know it's been not even two years later and here we are. So it's how did Mayhem Festival? How did you guys meet then? Did you guys know each other beforehand? We were introduced a long time ago. We like, went to the same. <laughs> we went to different schools together. Um, you called that. The truth is, we were introduced by Jesse James. Okay. A dozen years ago, kind of connected through Jesse and. Rusty was in prison. I was on tour with Biohazard with a free Rusty sticker on my base. Yeah. Touring the world and uh, staying in touch with his, with his wife. And, uh, when he came out and started, you know, playing his music, was, the timing was so perfect because 
I was looking for something new to sink my teeth into, to kind of reinvent myself as a singer, as, as someone who, you know, more melodic and more theatrical, more performance, and, and musically back to my roots of kind of metal. Yeah. And uh, just everything perfect. We're, we're real happy. So, musically then, how did you guys start to form things? Because it's definitely different than, than what, I, what I've heard from your past projects. And, and I like I feel like there's more of a rock vibe to it, you know, but it's still got that, that metal edge to it. So talk about like how that came about. Like and I guess how how'd you put these songs together? You know what, it, that's probably just from old influences. You know, when when I came into the music scene, I was in prison, I didn't have much to draw from, so I went from what was in my head and that's just the way the songs came out, you know, I, and I had a blues background. Yeah. <clears throat> I was a, a writer and a, a player of blues. Blues, rock in prison. I played for uh, concerts at every holiday for the inmates. That's and, killer. Uh, and I transitioned from blues into metal. And that when they put him in, with, when they put him in solitary for two years, he got a little pissed off and started tuning down and down picking. And yeah. yeah. It was perfect for me because, like, I grew up on classic rock. You know, I was into Beatles, The Stones, The Who, The Doors, Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, Motorhead, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden. And then I got into hardcore, and, you know, I, I, I came into the music scene, a lot of people don't know, I, I was a roadie for Carnival for Pete Steele. Yeah. And when I was 15, um, I was dragging his amps that were bigger than me to fucking CBGBs, you know, so they could play shows with the chrome ass and lost in front. He was a monster of a guy. Met him monster once. and a genius musician. Yeah. So I, I learned a lot from him. He's the guy, who gave, he was my mentor. Yeah. He was the guy, you know, I always, I was always a confident, person in life, but he was the guy who helped me to believe in myself that I could do anything I wanted to do and, and bring it to fruition. He, Carnival was my favorite band in the world, and I was just a kid from the neighborhood who dragged his amp around, and he would hand me the mic and say, you're singing Jesus Hitler tonight, you know, <laughs> and I, in front of 2,000 people, yeah. and I was like... Well, if he thinks I'm cool enough, you know, fuck, yeah. you know, made me believe in myself. He really helped me a lot. You know? It's cool. But I think musically, you know, I come from classic rock and heavy metal, and Rusty comes from rock and metal, and I think our songs have, you know, as we write, they're getting heavier and heavier. They're getting more and more metallic as yeah. we write. But our song structure almost has a pop sensibility to it. You know, we can, the songs are also getting catchier and more hooky, so... We'll see what happens. There's no real formula. All right. Now, you guys have an album out right now, right? Is there, are you working on new material from the next disc already? All right. Yeah, we're playing new songs here on the tour, too. Cool, cool. Cool, yeah. I only caught Devil's Daughter on the end. I really wanted to catch the set. I was trying to hustle back so bad. Yeah. It's so, a good song to catch. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was the good. The set is, well, we're playing two brand new songs on the tour. Yeah. And they go over just as good and not as better than the stuff that's out. I mean, when you say we have an album out, we have an album that we recorded that we're really proud of, Let of My Enemies, and the record label went out of business the same month we released the album. So yeah. to say it's really out, you can find it on iTunes or Spotify, but there's been nobody really promoting it or marketing it or featuring it in any record yeah. stores. I don't even know if it's out, it's physical product. So uh, we've taken matters to our own hands and we're you know working really closely with, with the Mayhem Festival. Going to be doing dates on the uproar radio shows. We're just fucking psyched to play, man. We just want to get in front of the people, play that music, and fucking connect with the fans. 
Killer, killer. Yeah. So Rusty, so I notice you're, you're favoring Dean guitars yeah. these days. So what drew you to the Deans? What's that? What drew you to Dean guitars? You know, uh, I was looking for something different. I kept going back to the PRS, but the PRS looks like a mandolin when I play it. It's a yeah, great okay. playing guitar, man. I've been playing one for years, but just is too small for me. He couldn't take the ribbing anymore. Every time I pick up his PRS, we were like so, taking so pictures and putting it on Twitter. Look at Rusty's his ukulele. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, so I have different guitar companies gave me like some V-Body yeah. guitars, ESP, Shifter, and a few other people. I just didn't really like them enough to switch over. Yeah. And uh, Dean uh, Razorback just I love it. You know, it's just, you know, yeah, it's a cool design. It's a real yeah. cool design. Cool design. Now, it's got the nostalgia of one of my best bros in the whole world. Dime. Dime, rest in peace. Uh, who I had the pleasure of probably playing 300 shows with. Yeah. I'm all about the light, the lightning. So the uh, the neck on the Dean is that still like kind of the hard V shape, like what Dime favored? So I am here with Jill of Huntress um, at the Mayhem Metal Fest. So Jill, um, I caught the set today. You guys are freaking killer. Um, how'd you get into music in the first place? It's just the way I was born, man. I've never known any other way of life other than music. It's always surrounded me uh, from a very early age. I've been singing. My mom said I was singing before I could talk. Uh, that's really where it began yeah. from from the very young age. And then it got developed into a classical voice. Um, and then from there, that became the foundation for my screams. Well, see, and I wanted to ask about the classical side. So I read that um, when you were about 14, you started touring with opera. Is that correct? Yeah, I started playing. Um, my very first show was an opera when I was 10 years old. And then by the time I was 14, I was doing a production that went through Europe. Um, wow. Doing musicals, even gospel music, yeah. opera. It's just a good opportunity for, for a young gal. Uh, to, to travel Europe and, and see see the sights and play some really cool venues. 
And then that led into a scholarship in New York City to a conservatory to continue my studies in voice. And I came from very humble beginnings, so all of this to me is just, you know, I've been very blessed. Um, that's really where it started for me, was classical music and opera, and that is the foundation of my screams, and that is why I'm able to continue singing the way I do, night after night, without losing my voice. Well, and I'm glad you brought that up, because so many singers you hear, they are, they're pitch corrected on the record, especially nowadays, pitch mm. correction is just rampant, and you belt it. I mean, you go out there and you go for it like a lion. So, like, what do you do before the show to warm up? Well, I have a vocal coach. Her name okay. is Melissa Cross. She is very well known in the metal world. She has a DVD called The Zen of Screaming. That was how I was first introduced to her by that DVD. Okay. And then... I actually got to have my very first lesson with her in person in New York City when we were on tour of Dragon Force last year. And she really helps me um, maintain the voice and keep it healthy. And there's a lot of great um, pointers for anyone that wants to work on that that metal scream. It's called the fry scream is what I what I've pretty much perfected at this point, but it did take me a year of really stripping away a lot of those classical inflections. So I do her warm-up program before I go on stage. I vocal rest after a show. I don't smoke cigarettes. You know, I, I, I take very good care of myself, drink lots of water, and sleep. And that's really the way it, it, it goes. I, I'm not I'm not a party animal on the road. Yeah. You know, I, I really would love to be able to just live that rock and roll lifestyle, but that's just not the way it goes. It's a very strange, uh, very, you know, introspective lifestyle that I lead. Well, see, what's nice about that, that means that, like, in 40 years, we'll still have the Huntress tour going on. You'll still sound the same. Well, you know, if Lemmy can going. do it, I want to do it. <laughs> but I would, I would think that, you want longevity. Yeah. At least I do. I know the boys and I all want to do this, and and it takes a lot of uh, hard work and a lot of work ethic to to achieve those types of dreams. And so at this point, we're we know we're in it for the long haul, and with all aspects, with them being you know with their with their instruments and with with my voice. We're constantly trying to get better and become better musicians. And so Huntress was really your baby from the beginning. Like, this was your concept. So how has it evolved from, like, concept, meeting the guys that you play with now, into, like, now your second record with Starbound Beast? I've always knew that I wanted to be in a heavy metal band, and I always knew I wanted the name of it to be Huntress. It's a tribute to a goddess that is very close to me, Artemis, goddess of the hunt. I grew up in a very eccentric family in the mountains on a farm, and they've always encouraged my pagan ways. So for me, I always had a very clear focus and vision. It took me about 10 years to find musicians that shared that vision with me. I would not compromise. And all of us love you know, classic metal. We all love Nuwabum. We love Merciful Fate, King Diamond, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden. You know, these these are the bands that we grew up and we, we listen to and that we love and admire. So for us, it takes a lot of understanding that we're not going to try to emulate that. We're going to be a new band, a modern sounding band, but always stay true to the roots of heavy metal. Killer, killer. And it was interesting to hear you mention like um, the the old classic metal, especially the new album, because as I watch you guys play today, I didn't hear it as much as I saw that influence. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and to kind of expand is like the guitar players. 
I could see just a position and a technique. Like uh -huh. there's a definite musicianship there that, that you don't always see nowadays. Like you see a lot of people with the very the punk rock ethic, which I still love, where they just kind of go for it. And these guys, it's kind of like, okay, sit back, hit it, and just flawless. You know? <laughs> and then you've got a very theatric way about you. Like I got some great shots awesome. of the show. Like some of the facial expressions were amazing. So how did you kind of build that sense of theater into the show? That comes effortlessly. That's so organic for me. It's like I have to pull back on it because I'm such a big theater nerd. I grew up doing musicals. Again, that's tied back into yeah. where you know all my vocal training has come from. So I'm very careful with not being gimmicky. You never want to be a gimmick. You never want to have people leave and say, I didn't believe that. Everything we do is very honest. And even in my approach in all of my interviews and in my interaction online and with fans, I'm very honest. So when you come to a Hunter show, you're going to hear exactly what you hear on the record. There's nothing I can't duplicate vocally on any of the Hunter's albums and that I can't do pitch perfect. I am very methodical about that and the boys as well. So we really bring that essence to every live show that we do and in this day and age I think that for us is redeeming yeah, and, and you don't see it very often. I mean, the last time I've seen a band as flawless as you guys live was the Scorpions back in 88. Oh, you did not just say that. I totally did. The Scorps are a huge influence on us as well. Thank you. That's a, that's a great compliment. Oh, you're welcome. And, and you know, it's funny, like, I, I hear that kind of precision come through. And again, so that's where those influences aren't actually evident, but they come across still. It's, it's hard, to, hard to explain there. Well, we're all from the same school, if you think of it, you know? Like, yeah. we just love heavy metal, and we love music, and we love melody. Excellent, excellent. So, um, Starbound Beast is out. Yes. Right? I was checking that out. Killer, killer record. Um, so, what's next for you guys? So, we've got Mayhem. What are you going to do after this? After Mayhem, we head to Canada. We do the Montreal Heavy MTL. And right. then, we are on tour with Danzig. You're kidding me. Nope. Oh. It blew, we're still, every day when we're hanging out, we're just all, oh my god, we're going on tour with Danzig. Whoa. We're, and it's, it's the 25th anniversary tour with Doyle. Wow. We okay. are massive Misfits fans, massive Danzig fans. Yeah. I mean, we literally play it all the time in the van on tour. Like, that's where Danzig's on heavy rotation. Yeah. And I've just been, you know, obsessed with him since childhood. So for me, this, <laughs> this is a dream come true. And uh, just we're so honored that he has the faith in Huntress to put us on a, on a bill like this. Excellent. I mean, this is 25th anniversary, so this is no joke. This is like, this is not going to happen again. This yeah. Is, this, is, this is really... Uh, quite an honor. Yeah, everybody's going to turn out for this. Oh, yeah. It's going to be amazing. All right, well, hey, Jill, I want to thank you for doing the interview today. Thank you so much. Have you ever listened to an album and thought to yourself, man, I could do so much better than that? Well, here's your chance. My name is Sue, and I've decided to write my next album live and online at rageandapathy.com. So come on over, leave me a comment, and tell me what you think about the album and where you think it should go. And as a bonus for you Iron City rockers out there, I will give you an exclusive copy of the first song as soon as I get it finished. So stop on over to RageAndApathy.com and join my madness. All right, guys, so that concludes all the interviews that we did for the uh, for the Mayhem Fest. Again, we want to thank all the bands um, for taking the time to sit down and talk to us while they're on tour. You know, it was great to get out to see all these bands, to photograph the bands, to talk to him, Sean, you had some amazing pictures on the um, on the Iron City Rock site. Thank you. You've really got some great, great, great pictures here. And um, the bummer is we have so many pictures we really couldn't put everything up because we just don't have the space. 
Yeah, yeah, there's, there's a lot. Yeah, great, great pictures there. So, guys, thank you for tuning into this show. Um, don't forget to check out um, ironcityrocks.com um, and then facebook.com slash ironcityrocks, twitter.com slash ironcityrocks. Tune into all the social media. We've always got something going on, especially when there's a show. We do our best if we're at a show to um, tweet and post as many pictures as we can. I know Sean and I were doing our best to post something every time we talked to a band or shot a band. And we mean shoot with the camera for, you know, anybody who's getting nervous out there. You know. So, guys, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you again in the next episode.